0: What's up, Highlight Church? How you guys doing out there? Doing good? You're doing good? Good, 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 good. Welcome to Watch Party Sunday. It is August the 9th, and it is also new series Sunday. If you're excited, go ahead and give me some smiling emojis. Give me some hearts, hearts, hearts. I love it. I I oftentimes... uh, uh, when, when I when I go back and and I ask the people about the the Sundays and the messages, I, I talk to people like Mercy. Mercy is uh, one of our, our our keyboard players. She is amazing, a phenomenal leader in our church. she She's probably getting a lot of love now, like, hey, mercy, Mercy. But uh, I love it because I, I hear like mercy, she she gives all those emojis, all those hearts and all those laughs. and and it's just a joy to know that you're out there and you're linked in and you're engaged and uh, man it is new series Sunday so if you're excited go ahead and show it on the screen you can holler back at me and say preach you can say I'm ready for the word you can say I'm glad to be here if you are watching with somebody put your friend's name in the chat put your friend's name there let us know who's in that room with you We're so excited to get into the word of God today. Also, I wanna encourage you to go ahead and share. Go ahead and share. Um, If you're on Facebook or on our website, live.highlight.church, or if you're on YouTube, go ahead and share the link. Um, Take some time out, shoot that text, make that phone call. Let your friends and family know that it is New Series Sunday. Today, we start a brand new series called Anno Domini. And Domini, A.D., and I'll be explaining what all that means here very soon. So I'm glad you're here, and let's go ahead and dive in. You know, I've I've been in and out of the airport uh, a lot, a lot lately, and um, we've just we've just been traveling. I mean, I, I know it's I know it's COVID nineteen and and all this stuff, but we haven't allowed the fear of it to get at us. And so uh, we, we've been back and forth from, from Florida to Maryland and so on and so forth. And one thing, I, I love flying. My, my youngest child, he loves flying. Our oldest kid. they love traveling. Um, my oldest one actually prefers to fly. My youngest one prefers to drive, so but uh, love the airport. But one thing I dislike highly about the airport is the waiting, is the waiting. I mean, security lines, nope. Don't like them at all. Um, Even when you go to amusement parks. I mean, who likes waiting an hour to get on a ride? So I want to give you a pro tip. If you're ever going to go to an amusement park, never go in the summer months. Never go. Never go June through August. It's just bad. It's hot. It's a lot of people. And the lines are long. We typically try to go on vacation at the top of February. The lines are short. If you're going to Florida, uh, the weather is perfect. So just a pro tip. Amusement parks, hate waiting. Traffic, hate waiting. The mall, hate waiting. Was just recently at the mall and now they have lines. You have to wait until people leave. You gotta wait to go in and it's just not all that cool. No one prefers waiting. No one prefers waiting. And a lot of us right now in this season, we find ourselves waiting right now. Um, If not all of us, we find ourselves waiting on the next opportunity. We find ourselves waiting on the schools to reopen. We find ourselves waiting on our careers to pick back up and get to where they used to be. And um, I don't know about you, but I'm just not a fan of waiting, just not a fan of waiting. And it was the same with God's chosen people when Jesus came into the world. They had been waiting for almost 2,000 years for God to send Messiah, Messiah. The, the chosen people of God, the Israelites, have been waiting almost 2,000 years since the time of Abraham for Messiah. Mankind had been waiting even longer than that. We have been waiting since the beginning of time for God to send a deliverer. Uh, the Bible teaches about the original sin of Adam and Eve, uh, which was really a an offspring or a result of the deception of Satan. Satan had possessed the serpent and for days upon days, maybe even weeks, maybe months, maybe years, we don't know because the Bible is an executive summary, but for, for a while, the serpent was attempting to convince Eve to bite of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. God had told Adam and Eve, do not bite of this tree because in the day that you do, you will surely You will surely die. So eventually Satan got the best of him with his deception. And eventually Adam and Eve disobeyed. And the power and the effects of sin was released into the world. And one of those effects, if you go back and you read the the gospel, the, the, the biblical narrative of Genesis, one of the effects was poverty. One of those effects was was poverty. And if we could be honest, a lot of us feel like, like we're lacking right now. Many of us uh, would say we're in a state of poverty. We're in a state of poverty. Maybe we're lacking uh, financially. Maybe we are lacking relationally. Maybe we feel as though we're lacking spiritually. All of that is a result of the original fall of man in the garden. In the garden, it released the effects of poverty. And Satan knew what he was doing as he was attempting to convince Adam and Eve to disobey God. And so um, what I want to share is I want to share the three forms of lack that that original sin um, calls. Number one, it calls spiritual lack, spiritual lack. So God said, "In the day that you eat the fruit, you will surely die. You will surely die. And that word in the Hebrew doesn't mean cease to exist. So it doesn't mean that they're going to bite the fruit and and, and die. No, the, the word in the Hebrew actually means in the day that you eat the fruit, you will be separated from me. You'll be separated from me. So when they, when they first committed that offense, they were separated from God. Uh, this is important to note. Now, really, I pray that you're leaning in, you got pen and pad, and you, you're just ready to, to continue to receive this. But this is important to note is because we are, go ahead and write this down. We are spirit, soul, and body. We our spirit, soul, and body. And so we're not a body with a spirit. We are first a soul with a body. And so this is the way I like to put it. Uh, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. And that's what it means to be created in the image of God. Genesis teaches that we are created in his image. And part of what that means is, is that we are spirit beings. Jesus said that God is spirit. So we are first spirit and this spirit, which gives life to us, makes us living souls and our souls live on for eternity. And so everything starts in the spiritual realm. Go ahead and write this down. Every issue in my life first starts in the spirit. Every issue in my life is first a spiritual issue. And so when that original, when that original sin happened, we, we, we experienced spiritual lack because at that, at that point we were separated from the source, from the source of who we are. And in this time in human history, the Bible says that God walked with man in the garden. He walked with Adam in the garden. He walked, he, he talked, he fellowshiped. He loved on. He he showed affection. He took care of man in the garden. Uh, As a matter of fact, for the first 400 years of human existence, we did not have to call on the name of the Lord because God was right there. He was right there. The second thing that that original offense called was financial. It caused financial lack. Financial lack. It actually gives us an account here in Genesis 3, verse 17. It says, To the man, he said since you have listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat he says this the ground is cursed because of you all your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it so so god is saying that pretty much like it just it's not just going to happen anymore adam adam worked he was a hard worker but adam enjoyed his work he 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 was living out his purpose But God is saying, since this act of obedience has happened, since this sin has happened, the ground will no longer produce just automatically. It's just not gonna come. You're really gonna have to scratch for it and struggle for it and grind for it. And then he goes on to say this here, verse 18, it will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat of its grains. Verse 19, by the sweat of your brow, you will have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made. For you were made from dust and to dust you will return. So what happened with that original sin was it caused financial lack. I mean, you gotta think about it. When, when Adam was created, God created him. The Bible says that he placed him in the garden and in the garden, there was no need. Everything, everything that was there, Adam Adam ate from every tree. Every tree bare fruit. Um, Adam named the animals. God, God told Adam, you name the animals. You have power on your tongue. You have power in your lips. Whatever you call it, I will call it. That, that's how blessed Adam was. When Adam woke up in the morning, all of his needs were met. But when that disobedience happened, he was, he was booted out of the garden went from lush green garden to the desert, and God said, you're gonna have to work this desert. And so it caused financial and material lack. Right now, many states have went from historically low unemployment to historically high unemployment within just five months. They've went from historically low unemployment, which is good, that means most people are working, to historically high Great Depression-type numbers within just five months. It's crazy how something as small as a virus can cause such a dramatic impact in society and in our lives. The other, thing that, the other thing that happened was relational lack. Relational lack. Right now, currently, marriage rates are declining and divorce rates are increasing in society. And maybe a lot of it has to do with the current state that we're in but but what we do know about the garden account and, and, and after this first offense, after the effects of sin was released, what we do know is that Adam and Eve would have issues in their marriage. They would have issues in their marriage. And it, it says this here, actually in the Bible, it says in Genesis three, verse 16, he says, you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. And God, God is not, God is not, God didn't put these curses upon us, but, but when, when, when sin occurred, these curses were released. So he was just saying, this is the effects of it. You're going to desire to control your husband, but your husband will rule over you. He's saying there's going to be some relational lack. And then years later, they gave birth to Cain and Abel and and Cain becomes jealous and envious of his, of his uh, brother. And he ends up killing Abel. And so relational lack. This would would signify for millennia upon millennia, years upon years, century upon centuries, jealousy and envy and murder and stealing and, and all these terrible things that have happened throughout the course of human history. And so for thousands of years, man had been waiting on a deliverer. Man had been waiting on a Messiah because it's been cyclic in our world, spiritual lack. Where is God? Aren't you asking yourself this question in this season? Some of us, we kind of get caught in it like, God, where are you? We feel distant. We can't feel him. We can't hear him. What are you doing? We read our Bible. For a lot of Christians, we read our Bible and we just can't understand. We can't get anything from it. Where is God? Spiritual lack, financial lack. So many people are scrapped scrap right now in this season. That, that lack and then that relational lack, that loneliness, it's really beating down, beating people down, beating people down, beating people down, that loneliness. Satan does his best work. Go ahead and write this down. Satan does his best work when you're alone. And it's just this, it's this lack. But the encouraging part about, about all of this is that Jesus was born in the midst of, of of Israel's spiritual, financial, and relational lack. God sent his son in the midst of Israel's spiritual, financial, and relational lack. And we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna go to Luke chapter four. And we're gonna read verses 16 through 19. Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem. Y'all know it, come on now. Christmas in August born in Bethlehem, Isaiah 7, Emmanuel, God with us. He was born in Bethlehem, raised up. He spent a lot of time in the synagogue around teachers of the law. He would go to the synagogue. He would go to worship God often, and he would become a carpenter as a teenager and as a young boy, as a young man. But he would visit the synagogue often, and he was able to gain these credentials as as a visiting teacher. And so for over 2,000 years, the children of Israel were looking for a deliverer and they were looking for someone to put them back on top of the world. But Jesus came to save us from our sin and from our our dysfunction. He came to set it right spiritually. And so they're looking for Messiah. Nazareth is a very small town and Jesus, he enters into the synagogue. Luke 4, verse 16, it says this, When he came to the village of Nazareth, so this is not a major city, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. And it says this here, the scroll of Isaiah, the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, and that the oppressed will be set free. And that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Wow. The time of the Lord's favor has come. I love it because in the NIV, it translates the year of the Lord's favor, the year of the Lord's favor. We could all admit that 2020 has been a crazy year. I mean, it's, we didn't ask for it. As a matter of fact, in January, I I stood before the church and the people of God and I declared that this is the year of more. And it sounded cute. It sounded prophetic. It sounded great. And so many of you have probably been at home all year. Like, when pastor said the year of more, did he mean more struggle? Because <laughs> that's what, <laughs> that's what has been. Did he mean more heartache, more pain? No, I, I meant the year of more great stuff. It, it's, it's still the year of more. And and I I know it's been tough. I know it's been painful. I know it's been hard. But but we could all admit, and we could all praise God for a moment, we could admit that we've grown stronger. We have become wiser. We have become more patient. For some of us, it's it's created a more dependability in us. We, We felt the need to step up. And that we're not just going to succumb to the season and bow down to it, but we become stronger and more dependable. So I still believe that this is the year of more and that it's just as prophetic today as it was in January when we were fasting for 21 days. God has shown up. He has done more miracles. He has provided more. He has given more. You have gotten better. You have grown stronger. This is still the year of more. And so that brings us back to Jesus here in this text, Jesus Christ, the son of God, born of a virgin, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the man in which whom Centuries ago, we changed the, the calendar and how we, how we process years and time. We went to a Gregorian calendar based upon this one man from a small village named Nazareth. And when historians change how we process the years and time, they place there what we call domini abbreviated A.D. Anno Domini. Anno Domini means in the year of our Lord. In the year of our Lord. And more specifically, it means the years after his birth. In the year of our Lord. So tracking back, they, they, they give or take four or five years, depending on when he was born. But we are in 2020. We're in 2020. So the way you put it originally is AD 2020. In modern times, we put 2020 AD, the years after his birth. And this is what we do know according to scripture, is that Jesus lived for 33 years. Then he was crucified on a cross for the forgiveness of our sins. Praise the Lord for that. And then after he was crucified, he died. They laid him in a grave for three days. And this is documented. Doctors went in, the Roman guard and the Roman government put on the seal. He was as dead as dead can be. And then three days later, the Bible says that he rose. So he got up from the grave. That tells me one thing about this text and it's the most powerful thing about this series. It tells me that because he lived, he died, and he rose, that based upon what he said here in Luke, it tells me that we are still in the year of the Lord's favor. Because he is not dead, he is a risen Savior. He's overcome sin, he's overcome the power of Satan, he's overcome lack, he's overcome poverty. He's overcome it all and he is alive and he's doing a new thing in our lives. And like I said, I know 2020 has not felt like the year of favor, but we're still in the year of the Lord's favor. The Greek word that Jesus uses their favor, that word means to lean on or to lean in. And so maybe you feel like, where is God in this season? Where is he? What is he doing? what is he up to? I want to encourage you based upon the truth of God's word, that God is fully leaning in to your life in this season. He, he's, fully, he's fully engaged. He's fully, he's fully aware of where you are. If you feel like you're on the ground, he's right there with you. If you feel like you're kind of slumped over in this season, he's, he's telling you to lean on him because yes, it's been a crazy year, But this is still the year of the Lord's favor. His face is turned towards you. His hand is turned towards you. His power is turned towards you right now. And it says this here in Luke 4, 18. And this is what we're gonna deal with today. It says that the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. That's what we're going to deal with. Go ahead and write this down. Lack is not God's plan for your life. It's the first thing out the gate. This is Jesus's inaugural speech. The Jewish people would have understood reading from the prophet Isaiah, who was alive 700 years before Christ. This was a messianic prophecy. And and whoever had the audacity to, to stand up and, and and use this text in a synagogue and teach on it, they they were saying that I am the Messiah. That's what Jesus was saying. He was saying, I am the deliverer. I am the one that you've been waiting on all of your life. You thought it was a job. You thought it was a connection. You thought it was a relationship. You thought it was marriage. You thought it was a career. You thought it was salary. You thought it was moving into that neighborhood. He says, no, 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 no. There's a reason why those things cannot fulfill. Jesus is saying, I am the one who's gonna bring fulfillment into your life. Spiritual fulfillment into your life. Lack is not God's plan for your life. Go ahead and write this down. Jesus is the chosen one. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Jesus is the chosen one, hand, hands down. You, you can think of all of the, the major, the founders of major religions. Muhammad, around 620 A.D. Um, Sid Hartha, the founder of, of Buddhism, um, 5, 600 B.C. You can think of even Father Abraham, um, 1800 BC. You can think of Moses, 1400 BC, with uh, Judaism. The one thing that all of these guys have in common is that we know historically where their graves are. We, We know historically where, based upon documentation, where their graves are. We know where Muhammad was buried, we know where Abraham was buried. We know where the Bible says that Moses died. We know know where Buddha passed away. We know where where they died. But but one thing about Jesus being the chosen one is that we we can go all through the Middle East. We can go all throughout Israel and all throughout Jerusalem. We, we, We can look. We can turn over every rock. We can climb every mountain. We can look behind every door. We can can empty out every lake. We can empty out the Sea of Galilee and we will not find the body of Jesus Christ because he's the chosen one. And this is my encouragement to you. Go ahead and write this down. You have to go with the guy who got up. Always bet on the guy who got up from the grave. We can't find him. Because he's the Messiah, the Bible. He says this here. He says, the Lord, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. What is he saying? He's saying, I'm the Messiah. I'm the deliverer. I'm the one. The word Messiah means anointed one or or chosen one. Jesus was sent into the world by God to deliver us from the power of sin and Satan. To deliver us from, from the very thing that that causes all kinds of like it is first spiritual, then it manifests without. So Jesus was telling he, he told him his entire life, his three years in ministry, essentially, that I, I didn't come to, to to put you back on top from a military standpoint, Israel. I, I came to I came to get your soul. I, I came to bless your soul. I came to bring you back to God. I came to set you free. I came, I came to set you set you free. It says this here in Acts 10, verse 36. This is the message of the good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ. So, So how do I gain peace with God? Through Jesus, who is the Lord of all. Verse 37, you know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after John began preaching his message of baptism, And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus, I love it. It says, then he went around doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him and we apostles are witnesses of all he did throughout Judea and Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him to life on the third day. Then God allowed him to appear not to the general public, but to us whom God had chosen in advance to be his witnesses. We were those who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. This is, this is historical stuff. And he ordered us to preach everywhere and to testify that Jesus is the appointed one by God to judge all, the living and the dead. He is the one all the prophets testified about saying that everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. I love it. God God sent Jesus because he loved us. And God is saying that there is a way back to me. There is a way back into my arms. And it's, it's only one way, it's through my son, it's through my son. He's the chosen one. It's not. It's not this book or this thought or this. it's always Jesus. It always has been and it always will be Jesus. Jesus, the most powerful man to ever live. Jesus, the most perfect man to ever live. Jesus, though he never had a formal education, they call him teacher. Jesus. Though he never exercised military might, he was the most powerful man to ever live. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Church, may we not forget what this is all about. Yes, the principles of the scripture are amazing. Yes, showing up to church is amazing and being in community. But we all do this for and because of Jesus. It's Jesus. It's, It's Jesus. And it's through Jesus that God has chosen to bless you and to set you free and to bring you to God. Jesus is the chosen one. How do you get to God? Jesus. How do you get free? Jesus. How do you find your purpose and your destiny? Jesus. Walk with Jesus. Trust Jesus. It's all about Jesus, the lover of your soul. Go ahead and write this down. Jesus supplies all of our needs. Jesus supplies all of our needs. He says, I've come to preach good news to the poor. And, and, and so one thing we can, we can all agree on is, is that we're all poor. And so I, don't, don't look at this text and think that he's purely talking about a lack of material wealth or a lack of finances, But this is the way, this is what Christ was referring to those who need God. Those who need God. And and then he was also addressing those who have needs. And and the truth of the matter is, is that it's Jesus who supplies all of your needs, all of your needs. and um, I, I, if 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 you have, if you know me you know me you you know my story my wife kyra powerful story powerful testimony we all, we all have a past we've all we we've all you know made poor decisions we've all done wrong we've but 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 god still chooses to provide and it's through Jesus. We all need a little help from time to time, and it God provides through Jesus. It says this here in Romans, in Romans eight, twenty-nine, it says, For God knew his people in advance, he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. We all have a story. We, 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 I, I'll put it to you like this. Your lack is not a result of God's judgment. A lot of people are walking around with a sense of condemnation. Well, the reason why I'm lacking in this season, I must have done something wrong. No, no, no. Squander that. We've all done wrong. But the Bible says that He foreknew us and He chose us anyway. And He gave us right standing with God. So, yes, we've all done wrong. I love this here, verse 31. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can never be against us? Since he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? This is the thought. If God gave Jesus to die on a cross for our sins, won't he give us everything else? Won't he give you the food that you need? Won't he give you the opportunity that you need? Won't he give you the the spiritual fortitude and strength that you need to make it through another week? If he gave his son, his only begotten son, won't he give you everything else that you need? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? no one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Jesus supplies all of your needs. This is so powerful because what it's saying is, is that this is the father, this is the son, Jesus Christ. And what he's doing all day, every day, is he's in the ear of the father about your needs. You know, Chris needs this. You know, Joe needs this. You know, mercy needs this. You know, Joshua has been praying about this. Come on now, dad, let's show up. Let's do a miracle. Let's show forth. Let's work in might. Let's work in power. Let's do something amazing for and through their lives. Jesus is always on the right side of the father. And he's saying, dad, we got to move in on this one. They're praying, they're believing, they're pressing in. This is why I died for them to save their souls, but to also supply their every need. can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. Well, Pastor, you don't know my past. I don't need to know your past. God knows your past. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. Well, Pastor, you don't know my struggle. My faith is low. I don't need to know your struggle. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. He's leaning in. We're still in the year of the Lord's favor. He's leaning in. And what I've come to find out is when you're down, he's down with you. Yes, 2020 has been a mess, but Jesus is in the mess with you. And he says this here, does it mean he no longer loves us? If we have trouble or calamity or are, you know, I'm trying to say persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death, as the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day for being slaughtered. We're being slaughtered like sheep. It says this, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Just because you're going through a little trouble, it does not mean that God has abandoned you. He said, I've come to proclaim good news to those in lack. I love this. Philippians 4.19. And this same God, Paul was selling the church in Philippi. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. He says, I've come to proclaim good news to the poor. There is no lack in heaven. So whatever you lack in this season, God will supply. He will supply your need. Trust that. Know that. Believe that. And watch God, watch him move. What, what, what I love about the churches is that we have an opportunity to, to also provide. Sometimes the greatest, the greatest, uh, healing for your struggle is to heal someone else's pain and so as a church starting August the 23rd we're gonna highlight the city for an entire week we're gonna gonna love our city love our county in practical ways for an entire week many opportunities to go out and supply the needs of those who are wondering right now where is God we're going to shine bright, church. We're going to shine bright. I know God's a provider. If you know my story, I've heard some of y'all's stories, but God is faithful. God is faithful. I want to encourage you with this final point here. Just trust Jesus just trust Jesus and, and not assuming I'm just I'm going to throw this out here I'm not assuming this has been your worst year because for some people this has been a great year but just assuming because of the kind of year 2020 has been if you just trust Jesus your worst year can become your best year. Romans 10, 9 through 11 says this. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. You you, you don't have to jump through any hoops. You don't have to follow any laws. You you don't have to get yourself right and clean up. You, You just simply come to God and you declare that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him. Verse 10, for it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you're saved. I love this promise. This is why you just trust Jesus. Verse 11, as the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him Will never, ever, ever, ever be disgraced. Just trust you. Give your life to Jesus. Give your entire being to Jesus. And it'll be your best year if it's your best year spiritually. We're still in the year of the Lord's favor. And I just want to close it out by just reminding you that God is leaning. He's leaning in to your situation, your struggle, your pain, your addiction, your heartache. He's, He's leaning in that favor and he's dispensing his love and his grace and a fresh start to you. So I just want to encourage you to trust Jesus. Trust Jesus. Maybe you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, but today you're saying that, Lord, I'm I'm giving you my life. I'm going to trust you. I'm tired of lack. I'm, I'm tired of the struggle. I'm tired of the pain. I want you to heal me from the inside out. I want you to change me. Have my life. I want your favor. Maybe you do know Christ, but you've since turned from him. You're not walking with him. And it's time time to come back to the Lord. You miss him. He misses you. He has so much in store for you. Just trust Jesus I want you to go ahead and pray this prayer we're going to pray a prayer of salvation and renewal your life's going to be changed forever repeat this after me Father God I believe that Jesus Christ is your son I thank you Lord for shedding your blood on the cross For my forgiveness, I turn from my way and I receive your spirit in my heart. Wash me, cleanse me, make me new. I am yours. Give me the grace and the strength to glorify you for the rest of my life. I thank you for lean, leaning in. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. If you're there, clap it up. Celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. Someone has just entered into eternity. has just entered into the kingdom of God. And Jesus declared that when one sinner is saved, the angels in heaven, they throw a party. So heaven is rejoicing. Right now, heaven is rejoicing over you. I love you with an unfailing love. And I pray that you will have a phenomenal week. We will see you next Sunday for week two of Anna Domini. Be blessed and have fun.